Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael here with the Thriving Farmer podcast and the Farm on Central. Today, I'm with a little bit of a different podcast. So a couple months ago, I got one of our listeners sent in a letter, and we don't get a lot of letters. Again, I know a lot of people listen to the podcast. We get them every so often stop by here on the farm and say, hey, listen to your podcast. They want to poke around and see what's going on, um, which is awesome. Um, But uh, we don't get a ton of letters, especially this was a little bit of a longer one, and this one was taking issue with my negative comments about the government based on my recent difficulties with city ordinances. So again, I'm not going to read a little bit of it, and then we'll kind of talk a little bit about, you know, my thoughts and kind of what we're doing about it. Um, you know, she goes into that her family of civil servants, which again, we applaud our civil servants. There's a lot of people that do some great work out there. Um their time was in the park service and the forest service. And uh, when I hear you paraphrase, I'm quoting here the line from Ronald Reagan about who made famous the nine most terrifying words in the English language is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. It bums me out. You're an influential voice in agriculture and statements like this serve to divide us more than needed in your usually non-political space. Um, for a long time, I've heard complaints about the government and its dysfunction from people who want government to fail so as to prove it unnecessary. Please don't add fuel to that fire. So again, again, we appreciate all comments coming in, and I just want to thank the person who sent that in. Um, obviously, we 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 think about that, we take it to heart, we discussed it a couple of different times, you know, between my my wife and myself, and kind of like, hey, what's the vibe we're putting out, and also the team. So I do want to talk about it though, because obviously I've had run-ins with the government and anyone who's had a farm probably has had run-ins themselves with the government and i think the first thing to talk about is the the government really hasn't been a friend of farmers over the years you know obviously they've got their programs they've got nrcs and there, there's some cool things and some great things there i mean the hoop house program was fabulous and i actually spoke to my nrcs agent just the other day and she said you know what i'm actually glad that you're doing something with your tunnels not them being used as a garage like so many people of the people they fund so again it is what it is there you know there's some great things but we have to look at at, you know, the billions and billions of dollars of the U.S. government aid that goes to farmers and crop subsidies for conventional crops, you know, and if they were putting subsidies toward regenerative crops, I would have a slight different view on that. Obviously, I think businesses should be able to stand on their own two legs. The subsidies to me are, there shouldn't be subsidies, but again, if they were doing more regenerative, I would be a little bit more for that. But let's talk about, again, I said earlier that the government hasn't been a friend to farmers. You know, again, we talked about the corn and soy. And when they subsidize that type of production, they're sending millions of pounds of soil down the rivers each year. And again, let's just bring up the aspect of ethanol production. You know, you go if you go out west, and I've been out west in Nebraska and many places out there where literally you have a ethanol plant right in the middle of, you know, thousands and thousands of acres of corn, even though we know that ethanol is a net energy loss. So basically it costs more and it takes more energy to produce a gallon of ethanol than it's worth. So it's just kind of a, it's stupid. But the reason we still have it 
is because it helps with continuing our corn agenda in our you know monocrop agenda second we put completely arbitrary and ridiculous regulation on small farms you know two consenting adults can't exchange a jar of pickles for money but we can give those away you know, if there's a real problem with it we wouldn't allow people even to give those away so you know it's just like weird things like in ohio you can't close a bag of salad mix and you can't wash greens so obviously we rinse our greens and we fold over our bags of salad mix instead of sealing the bags of salad mix what difference does it make? According to some bureaucrat somewhere, it definitely does. And third, I'm going to lose a little few of you here. Should we trust the government? You know, should are they responsible individuals that should be a trusted with their money, be trusted with listening to them for advice? No, especially when we allow lobbying to skew that truth frequently. Uh, let's give a few examples. You know, cigarettes. At one point, have we forgotten that those were recommended for pregnant women to calm the nerves? Silent Spring you know, DDT and the birds. Eagles are now coming back and it's really cool here on the farm. We're relatively near the Miami River and we can see those eagles circling once in a while. It's super cool to see those, uh, the bald eagles. But, you know, 40 years of work and, and, and literally it took Rachel and uh, Silent Spring to really kind of wake people up to that. You know, briefly discuss GMOs. We had Jeffrey Smith on the podcast a few weeks back. And if you didn't listen to that, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode. And even if you only believe half of what he says, the GMO industry is criminal and the government is being complicitly complacent about, you know, what is going on there and just how dangerous those chemicals are for humans and the world. I mean, you talk about some of the stuff Jeffrey talks about is the GMO editing of bacteria, which are then being released out into the open. So again, kind of some crazy stuff. You know, I could go on the West Fire problem. That's from decades of ignoring indigenous wisdom on forest management. The space race, we've cut NASA's budget because private industry does it better. Um, the DMV, guys, I mean, really, do I have to mention that mind-numbing evil for folks? Um, I don't know about yours, but I mean, we actually do have a relatively decent DMV here and the people in there are great and it moves along quickly. But, and again, to the point that Zootopia has a whole section and it's kind of a running joke with people. So, you know, down to some personal antidote. So, you know, back in New York, we started to do some prepared food products. So being live, beating honest young men we were, we looked around for a 20 seat kitchen to work in. We finally found one about 15 minutes from us and uh, secured the rental, turned our team loose to prepare our products. Um, a few months later, they came back to us and said, um, the quality that's going on and the cleanliness that's happening in there and that's being maintained in this inspected kitchen, they weren't comfortable with. They said, you know, our kitchen, their kitchen at home was, you know, three times as clean. I mean, this was, you know, mice and rats and just, you know, just a disaster. And, and the problem is the inspector had literally been there like a week or so before and seen all of what was going on. So again, you know, I'll leave you to put the rest of the story together and kind of how we handled that. You know, our new farm in Ohio here. I've shared a few anecdotes about our challenges. And again, a lot of times well-meaning servants, but you know, the most blatant challenge we had was arguing with the code permit administrator if we needed a gas permit for our greenhouse. In Ohio, your agriculture, you don't need permits. But she was saying that something superseded that and I argued that her code said otherwise came down to you know spending three weeks to get something installed and spending eleven hundred dollars and the code um, inspector came out or the, the inspector came out and said yeah you didn't need this this was just a blatant overreach and just a money grab from the city 
Oh, but elected officials have immunity, which means that I can't sue them for the $1,100 that they caused me to have for that. Now, you know, that's that. But, you know, do I want the government to fail? No. What I want is the government to work for the people that elected them. And, uh, you know, we need a system that provides order. Do I want less government, less bipartisanship, less regulation, lower taxes? Of course. I think many of us want that. You know, above all, I believe in freedom and that you are your own best chance in the world to succeed. And so let's give you the freedom to succeed. Um, do I want personal responsibility, visiting the farm where your food comes from, and you to you know, make your own decisions? Yes. The government cannot inherently be as efficient as private industry. You know, why? Bureaucracy, ego, lack of incentive, to name a few. I mean, we've had other folks on the uh, podcast here. Mark Baker is a great example from up north, um, challenging them. I mean, Joel Salatin, you know, the challenges he's had over the years with the government. Um, you know, and why can't the government be as efficient? You know, lack of incentive, I think, is the biggest thing. If I don't produce a better product or solve a problem better than the competition, I go out of business typically. But if you're a government agent or someone in better the government, they just give you more money. It's really interesting here. There was a, a, a local political situation where on one aspect, we were talking about raising taxes. And another aspect, we were talking about giving something away for a large amount of money. And again, it, it, it comes back to, is that what's best for the people that elected us? And, you know, that's going to be decided by the, when they vote. So, you know, one of the things here are the well-meaning people in the government, true public servants working long hours for low pay, you know, true Leslie Nopes. Absolutely. I've known some of them. They are out there and there's a huge round of applause and public thanks to them. You know, several months ago, I pulled my petition to run for city council because, again, I was to the point of I need to do something about this. So, you know, that letter that someone sent in, you know, like, hey, if you have a problem with this, do something. So and I have um, before we got that letter, I well down my road to asking the constituents and the citizens in our area to vote for me on city council. And uh, over the last couple months, I campaigned, knocked on hundreds of doors, shared my three part plan and election day. I won by a large margin. And I think what that shows is that people were ready for change, is that people were frustrated with how things were. And it's, it's worth it to me to spend that kind of time and doing that because one of the councilmen that's on there right now said, you know, thank you, everyone who ran. This is a high risk, low reward job. You have, you know, a lot of people can get really upset at you. And there's a lot, not a lot of thanks for the work you do. And there's a lot of hours that go into it. But Let's keep moving about, you know, I don't want that to be focused on what I'm doing here because this is obviously our, where we live, this is our town where we live and I see some things I want to see changed. Um, but let's talk about you because I want to wrap this up and actually give you something that's helpful in this. Obviously, you can hear my thoughts on the government. I'm sure I lost a lot of you a long time ago. But what can you do to make things work better for our elected officials and for your farms. Because I know a lot of you have struggled. You've reached out. You've said different things have gone on. I know friends in Des Moines who literally the city council said one thing and then literally six months later, they made them tear up and spend another thirty dollars to $50,000. Absolutely ridiculous. For starters, talk to your public elected officials. You know, show up at council meetings. In our town, gravel driveways are illegal but that had to be passed and it had to go through three readings of a city council, but no one really was paying attention. No one caught that. But if you do show up at your city council meetings and you stand up and, and when the public comment time 
talk and share what's going on, that does bring people attention. Because in our city council meetings, literally, there'll be one or two people that show up. And if they do and say something, the city council takes notice. The other thing I would do is build your email list. There's nothing like being able to reach hundreds, even thousands of local citizens and let them start calling officials. Remember, politicians need votes to stay in office. You know, read the code and challenge the officials on their narrative. The official inspection slogan is, you know, 20 different inspectors, 20 different answers. And again, I've experienced that. And then third, you know, I recommend starting a PMA or private membership association for your members. It's how we provide our members food on our property as well as circumvent and, uh, you know, satisfy, I like to say, many prepared food laws. You know, we have uh, additional detailed podcasts coming up in this and some additional training. I think you'll find the material incredibly helpful. Um, but back to you public servants out there that are doing your job. First, thank you. We need you. Again, there's so many things that the government does. I don't agree that maybe they should be doing all of them. But again, for those of you out there, thank you. We That's awesome. Um, you know, thank you for erring on the side of being pro-farm pro-small business and pro-people. Creatively helping people come up with options goes so much faster and further than endless forms and, well, you can't do it that way. Because right now, you know, more than ever, we need our local businesses and farms. We are truly in a great emergency and our local community is more important than ever. So let's utilize our strengths and come up with solutions together and see who we can, we can work together and not grow apart. All right, guys, hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that you got something to take away from that. And again, thanks to those who do send letters and we appreciate it. Again, send anything in. Again, if you want challenge me in belief, maybe I'll pick it apart in a solo cast or may I invite you on to discuss it. I love having um, a good discussion on and good ideas from all of you out there. And thanks for listening. We really do appreciate the, uh, the listeners out there. I know we keep climbing in the hundreds of thousands of listens and uh, they keep just going up every single week. So we appreciate that. And do send in suggestions. If you guys do have suggestions for new guests, always looking for awesome people to have on. Earlier today, I interviewed someone about raising show chickens and hatching eggs. And again, it's something else that you can be doing on your farm because hatching eggs sell for four to six times what a regular dozen egg sells for. So again, if you have the, the kind of space and the setup for that, it can be another cool way to do it. So again, we're gonna keep with that. You know, keep sharing cool stories from farmers all around the world, farmers, researchers, innovators, software developers who are working to make farming easier and uh, be able to interact with the consumers more readily. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Hey, Thriving Farmers, have you checked us out on YouTube lately? We have a bunch of new content there, including a few rants by me. I uh, want to tell you, you don't want to miss them. Um, I actually go rant about you know some of the problems I see in our space and some of the challenges I see farmers uh, facing. So go check that out. We've got instructional videos over there as well. Talk about setting up our new farm here in Ohio and all the steps we're going to do that, as well as just tutorials and tips on best practices for all sorts of things on the farm. So go ahead, check over at Growing Farmers on YouTube and see the new content we put together for you. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.